welcome to the Intellectual Freedom Podcast. Here we analyze politics, culture, technology, personal growth and development, and society at large through the lens of critical thinking and open-mindedness, not demagoguery and partisan hyperbole. I'm Dr. David Hopkins, Humanities Professor, your host and guide. So without further delay, let's get started. So glad to be back talking to you today. Most of you know that listen each week. I live in Florida, right on the Gulf Coast, actually in Champa Bay. I mean, Tampa Bay. Sorry about that. I had to get that in there. Uh, we're still basking in that glory of the Super Bowl win. Oh, and by the way, the Stanley Cup. And oh, also, by the way, the American League Championship and World Series appearance last year. But I digress. So let's get back on track here. I was listening to the other day to a Joe Rogan podcast, and many of you know he's one of my favorite podcasters. I just deeply appreciate his communication ability, his style of communication, and really, I think most importantly, his fearlessness in taking on really hard topics. And he was talking to Jordan Peterson, who is another figure who has just literally been persecuted in the mainstream media for his positions, his research, and especially in the area of gender studies, equality, equality of opportunity. You know, the crazy thing is, if you listen to Jordan Peterson and his YouTube talks, he's a college professor up in Canada. Don't know the university, can't recall off the top of my head, but in in generally, he speaks almost exclusively on personal growth, personal development, achievement, overcoming obstacles in life, which really, if you think about it, should all should be seen as a good thing. But instead, the one thing he's known for is something that isn't even really central to most of his work, his lectures or his writings. And and that was he came out and said, you know, that, uh, you know, the some of the gender bias laws in Canada weren't equal to everybody. But, you know, anyway, one segment in particular with Joe Rogan caught my attention when he was talking to Harold Peterson. And by the way, if you do want to listen to that talk, it's episode 1208. And you can pretty much find that anywhere that you can find Joe Rogan. But to boil it down real simple, during their conversation, they were talking about the premise that pain is, for all intensive purposes, good. Not only is it good, but it is a requirement for your growth as a human being. Of course, I need to start out with having somebody very close to you die. It's shocking. It's terrible. It's devastating. And by no means would I want anyone close to you uh, to die in the name of your own personal development or stop your your grieving process or anything like that. That would just be cruel and that'd be cold-hearted. But the premise from the outset is that pain is required for us to grow physically, intellectually, and spiritually. Because without pain, we can't move beyond our current state. This is an ugly yet brutal truth about life. Things that are easy and fun and without effort They don't give us that opportunity to grow. It just doesn't happen. So before we get to the more intense topic of why pain is good, let's just look at science first 
that proves that this is true from a physiological standpoint and growing muscle. And actually in my classroom, a lot of times in the first day of class, I talk about intellectual growth and the need to push yourself beyond pain. But it really does apply. So many, many people go to the gym, but actually only a very small percentage of them that go to the gym persist long enough or work hard enough to build muscle. As here's what's actually required for you or me or anybody to build muscle. So when our muscles, they undergo intense exercise, it could be any form of resistance training, there's trauma that is created during that exercise to the muscle fibers. And it's often referred to as muscle injury or damage in a lot of the scientific literature that you read about this. And this disruption to that muscle cell, it activates satellite cells, which are literally just right on the outside of the muscle fibers. And these satellite cells, they're basically told to charge into that injured muscle to repair it or replace the damaged muscle fibers that happened during the exercise. So these satellite cells, once they get in the muscle, they fuse together to the muscle fiber, and this leads to increases in the overall quantity of the muscle fiber there. And as the satellite cells multiply, they fuse, they form new muscle protein strands, and they even repair damaged strands. Basically a two for one double whammy on your muscle fibers. They form new ones and they even repair some of the old ones if they can be repaired. So thus the muscle cells, they increase in thickness and they increase in number after the fusion with this muscle fiber. And, and these satellite cells, they then serve as a source of new nuclei to supplement the growing muscle fiber. And with these additional nuclei, the muscle fiber can synthesize even more proteins than it could have before. And they create even more contractile myofilaments known as actin and myosin in the skeletal muscle cells. I mean, there's some real technical terms, but voila, the bottom line is you get bigger, faster, stronger. Isn't that just absolutely amazing? But here's the key though in all of this. And listen carefully here. If the first step doesn't happen, then nothing will happen at all. Well, let me back up just a touch. The very, very first step would be getting your butt to the gym. But let's assume at least you can get that done. Now, once you're inside the facility upon which there's weight equipment, you need to produce trauma to the muscle fibers, or in plain English, when you're in the gym, you have to exercise that muscle until you feel pain. So to my fellow gym goers here in Tampa, or anywhere for that matter, you do not create trauma to the muscle fibers by taking selfies. You do not create muscle trauma sitting at a weight bench for a five minute break between sets. You do not create muscle fiber googling women in yoga pants next to you or holding long in-depth phone conversations via FaceTime. No, it takes trauma to the muscle fibers for you to build muscle. You have to break down the muscle before you can build it back up. There is no other way to do it. How many people try the gym, how many people go in and start 
And the second they feel a twitch of pain, they stop. It requires consistent energy, effort, focus, discipline, and yes, pain. By pushing yourself over time, you're going to gain muscle. Now, especially to the men listening, as men are more apt to do this than women, as women have a greater sense of reality when it comes to this, it seems, don't think if you haven't worked out since high school that now you're going to mentally say, oh, I'm back, going to the gym, stack me some 45s and bench press like I was 17 years old. Well, that is just, uh, how do I say it nicely, stupid. That type of pain will lead you to aching for two weeks, feeling silly after one session, and probably going to stop you from even going back in again. So, of course, when we talk about physical strength, we have to be careful about it, methodical about it. But the bottom line remains, pain is required. But it's amazing how so many of our physiological functions, like building muscle, actually mirror our intellectual and our spiritual growth. And and again, you know, I I talk about and I've been talking about the release of my class, the Optimal Health System. And that's nothing but a a the ebook especially talks specifically about the mind, the body, and the spirit connection. So from my own observation. Human beings in general, on average, tend to be more like feeding slugs than flying eagles. When we get in a rut, whether it's physically, intellectually, uh, with your career or spiritually, and it's hard to break out of it because, well, humans like things the same. The same is comfortable. It isn't scary. It's safe. It's known. There's no fear there. We like to stay there. We like to reject any call to adventure or call to change. But there are at pivot points in our life, we will often accept that call to change. And it's amazing when this happens and how it happens. So let's take a hypothetical that, that you have decided to set out to achieve a new goal. You know you should have been doing this or you should have been working on this goal for years and years, maybe decades. Doesn't matter if it's physical, like losing weight or intellectual, uh, trying to master a new task or getting a college degree or spiritual, trying to find deeper meaning in life or forgiving or reconnecting with family, uh, going back to church, feeling a call to religion, or maybe some new purpose with a career, a new hobby, whatever it is, it, it really doesn't matter. It, it, it all works out the same way. Uh, at times, when we set out on the new, it's literally like an adventure of sorts. We tell ourselves that we're going to do it, we're going to change. Now, after we decide intellectually and theoretically We understand from the outset that there's going to be sacrifices for you or me to achieve this new thing that we've set out on. Uh, But we start out with a feel-good moment. And those moments are really important because that's the first step in the process. But it usually doesn't take us very long before we run into problems once we begin. We run into challenges. Or maybe it's things that frighten us or frustrate us. 
is that place, the second you take one step outside of your comfort zone, that place where we operate kind of in cruise control and that gets shattered, those emotions start to emerge. Fear, anxiety, failure, self-doubt, all of these things start to show up and it makes us uncomfortable. It makes us feel pain. In the gymnasium, when you're building muscle, it manifests itself in physical pain to the muscle. If I'm doing bench press and by the fifth set, I'm feeling intense, sharp shooting pain across my chest, I know that I am breaking down the muscle fiber. When you take that step out intellectually in some other goal, maybe it's diet, maybe it's going back to college, that doesn't matter, pursuing a new career, launching a business, there hits that spot. And once we get here to that spot, what everyone needs to understand, this is kind of the make or break moment. This is kind of the fork in the road thing where this is where a lot of people quit immediately, where people drop out of college, where people who decided to start a diet, they just, it's a birthday party and there's that big old piece of cake and they just can't hold back from it. Or, you know, just going to the gym for a week or two and you're feeling more sore than you're feeling good and you quit. It's here at that spot. It's the proverbial belly of the whale in the biblical story of Jonah uh, where the journey actually begins. You know, I read an interesting quote once um, from Muhammad Ali, obviously one of the greatest boxers in the in the history of the sport. Uh, someone asked him how many push-ups he could do. And he replied, I don't know, as I don't start counting them until they hurt. See, it's actually here in that initial pain that you need to push back the hardest rather than shrink away from it. Because once you experience the pain that's where you have to exert your strongest character, your strongest will. But instead, what often happens because of the mental roadblocks we have in our mind, we shrink back and we quit. The way that you're going to overcome that thing and you're going to achieve that goal is you have to confront it by breaking it down into tiny pieces and not quit. See, and if you do this consistently enough, something miraculous begins to happen. You begin to get less afraid. You get more comfortable. You get more powerful in this new realm. It's in the middle of that storm that you're going to find the growth. It's, It's not in the comfort of your lounger watching Netflix. So when you overcome and after you do something new, enough times miraculously there's more to you than there was before you have literally reformed yourself you have been in essence born again with a new skill and increased health less weight greater energy more vitality a new career a new business or whatever the goal might have been but secondly here's the amazing thing in overcoming pain There is good biological evidence that new genes build these new structures intellectually 
And these new synapses in your brain are formed much like muscle fibers are formed and strengthened after trauma when you break them down in the weight room. And voila, you have grown. It works physically the same way that it works intellectually. This should be huge hope for everyone. That old adage of you can't teach an old dog new tricks is actually a myth. You, at whatever age you're at, can literally build new synapses in your brain as you take on new challenges and you take on new hurdles. And again, in that book, uh, Simple Truths, that's going to be released here soon, I talk a lot about that. Because to me, when I started researching this, is one of the most powerful things that I I read. So, So this growth. It might not even be huge when you start and probably it won't. Maybe you just finally took a first step to sketch out a business plan. Or maybe for the first time in months, you went to the gym and walked 20 minutes on a treadmill. But every single barrier, every single little thing you do and you push into pain, it builds mental or physical or even both. It it builds muscle mentally, physically. Uh, If and it'll help you along your journey. See, that's why when I mentioned the guy, guys are terrible about this when it comes to physical health. See, if you go into whatever pursuit you're after and you just jump all in 100% day one, you're gonna go 150% and you're gonna get it all done day one, you're probably gonna blow yourself up. See, when you get in the storm, when you get in the belly of the whale, when you start to experience the tough parts, you need to, in the midst of that, number one, know that it's coming. But number two, you need to break it into tiny little bits. Do tiny little things. Get tiny little successes and then do them over and over and over and over. Because as you keep pushing yourself, then there's more and more of you unlocked. And so as you get stronger and stronger, eventually you will conquer a big goal. And then when you achieve that goal, something else amazing happens. That won't be good enough anymore. And you're going to want even more. And over time, you start to catch on fire and you want more and more and more and more. And now that fire is just turned up on high. And when you get there, that cycle of just being a complacent, scared, anxiety-ridden, feeding slug, it can be broken. So here seems to be the crazy thing. And in modern life, tries to tell us the opposite. You know, the ultimate fulfillment and happiness in life, it doesn't come from anything. It comes from sacrifice of self for something more. And it's really here that you begin to maximize yourself as a human being. One of the most powerful analogies and important moments in Christianity is Christ on the cross. He literally takes on the suffering of the entire world to free everyone from their sin. That sacrifice of self for something way bigger than the self. There is this embedded thing in in the human psyche that resonates with all of us. Or if you want to go outside of a religious context, the firefighter, remember back to 9-11, the towers are burning. Uh, There... People are rushing to get out of the tower. 
But here we see these firefighters running into the burning building to save lives as others are fleeing. That sacrifice of self is powerful. Now for you, on your own local self, you take on suffering. And that suffering might just be the suffering of change to reach a new level. If you need to lose weight because you're unhealthy and you have no energy, you know that you're going to take on some suffering to break the habit, break the chains of that old lifestyle you had. And you accept the suffering as a challenge. As when you get to that spot where you feel you have no choice, then you'll do it. Because if you refuse the pain and suffering, you are automatically refusing to grow. And that's where most people most of the time fail in trying to overcome things. The second the pain and suffering comes, they shrink. They cower in fear. They go back to their old ways. They infuse their brain with self-doubt. This is the different, this is different than feeling you're a victim. But instead, when you push into that pain, you come to, to realize and accept and actually know and actually want to suffer. Muhammad Ali, I don't count my push-ups till it hurts. Because when it hurts, now I know I'm somewhere that I'm going to grow. So you in your life, you learn to realize to achieve anything meaningful, there has to be sacrifice. There has to be suffering. Otherwise, you will not achieve it. Utopia isn't where everyone is happy. Let me just say that again. Utopia isn't where everyone is happy. And if I had a magic wand right now and I could wave it over your head and I said, I give you right now everything you want to be happy. No holds barred. I'll give you houses, cars, airplane, the perfect relationships, degrees, career you love, uh, whatever, whatever you want that you deem will make you happy. And I can snap my fingers, give it to you. Here's what will happen over time. Whether it's in months or years, you will become dissatisfied with it. I guarantee you. There's something really unique in human beings. And the older that I get, the more I understand that. That they do not want complacent happiness, but rather what we really want is adventure, challenge, excitement, opportunity for something to push against something to grow something to expand into and does it mean you need to conquer the world financially and become a millionaire it might be just serving others or volunteering I, I don't know what it is for you but you need you need something to struggle against humans want it and we crave it and we do very, very poorly when we sit around complacent and bored. Yet ironically, in our modern society, we often shrink and cower and fear from it. It's an amazing paradox. It's almost like we've been preconditioned by society to just accept our lot and sit in it and deal with it. You know, a day of sitting around watching TV, eating or drinking can sometimes be nice and it can be relaxing, but it isn't fulfilling. And it's not meaningful. 
we as humans are designed to overcome things. And we become frustrated, bored, and disillusioned when we do not push ourselves. So this concept of overcoming adversity is so critically important to your life in finding fulfillment. I would argue you don't need any more comfort. You probably have more than your fair share. If you're right now in a deep, deep valley, you know, I feel for you and, and this, this valley is going to lead you out of it. But for the bulk of people, if you're feeling stuck, you need less comfort and more pain, more challenge, more giving of yourself to things other than yourself. You need to actually seek opportunity to do things that are hard, not avoid them. Almost nothing of any value in life is simply given to you by society or a person. What we value most are the really hard life lessons. Not the feel-good, donut, sugar-high stuff that we never really work for. Because that sugar-high wears off quick. And we're left feeling worse off than before we ate the donut. So, I want everyone to get the concept of overcoming adversity as to live a meaningful life, you need to keep challenging yourself. You need to keep pushing yourself beyond where you're at into something more. And you need to feel pain. You will know if you're growing, if you're struggling, if you're challenged, if you're feeling pain, if you're feeling some level of discomfort, some level of frustration in whatever type of task you're at. That's how you know. Because if you can breeze on through it, you're just on cruise control. So your call to action today is to seek an opportunity to do things that are hard, not avoid them, to take on a new challenge, whether it's physically, intellectually, or spiritually. You need to push beyond your comfort zone. As in this realm, this is where you're living out your life to your full potential. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. I hope you found value. So here's the deal. How, what can you do to push yourself? Where do you need to take a little risk? Where do you need to feel a calling to push into something more? Challenge yourself to think through those soft spots in your life where you're just on cruise control right now and go and seek some pain seek some challenge as it is in this area of life where some of the real rewards may be waiting for you and hey if you don't know where to go i'll tell you where to go go ahead and when my course comes open optimal health system why don't you go ahead and sign up for that it'll push you outside your comfort zone not hardly at all financially it's cheap and I, well, I shouldn't say cheap. It's very, very economical. Heck, it's less than uh, some people go out for dinner on an evening. So uh, when that's released, maybe that, use that as a challenge. But if you do have something right now that you just know you need to do, and you know when you do it, it's going to be painful. It's going to be hard. It's going to be challenging. There you go. You have your answer right now, and I hope you find something. If you found value in this podcast, click on the like or follow so you'll be alerted when new content comes available. And until the next podcast, have yourself a great day and a wonderful week.